this time, if you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to share with you a sermon I've entitled, Call in All Fathers. Wake up. Call in all fathers. Wake up. Now, Donald kind of had me word a few minutes ago when he read from this passage. I said, Lord, I thought you gave a sermon to me from Deuteronomy 6. So I just uh, knew he was going to cut loose and share some things that uh, we might just have a closing prayer when he got finished. But anyway... Deuteronomy chapter 6, let's look at the verse, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to begin with verse 3. Let's look at verse 3, and then I'll read the passage and we'll go back and make some comments. Deuteronomy 6, verse 3, Hear, therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of the fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon thy gates. We're living in a troubling time. We are personally observing one of the greatest nations that's ever ever existed on God's earth unravel. Unravel morally, unravel spiritually, and unravel economically. And so the big question that we ask ourselves privately perhaps Is there any hope for America? And the answer to that is yes. The Bible makes that clear. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, who are called by my name, if my people, that's, that's, uh, that's us, that's the believer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. So there is hope for America. There's always hope when God's people are willing to get right with God. Now, when do we start? We start today. Where do we start? Bible says we start in our home. We start in our home. And when we find that when we get things right in the home, then we'll have things right in the church. When we have things right in the home, we'll have things right in the school. 
when we have things right in, uh, in the home, we'll have things right at, at, at work. And when we have things right in the home, we'll have things right in our nation. Here's the point. If the home is right with God, then the nation's going to be right with God. But it begins in the home. You've heard me say from one time or another that we're just one generation away from closing the doors of our churches. And it goes back to the home. Teaching our children about God and the things of God and the ways of God. and The expectations, the commands of God. What God expects out of us. The salvation that's found in His Son. Jesus Christ, all that goes back to the home. And so if we start in the home, so goes the home, so goes the nation. And by all indication today, as we look at our nation, our homes must be in a mess. So today is Father's Day. Today we honor our fathers. And there's nothing wrong in honoring our fathers. But we have to be careful not to allow our pride of being a father overcome our responsibility of being a godly father, a godly husband, a godly father, a godly grandparent. So if we're going to overcome the evil in our land, the question becomes, how can I have that godly home? Look at verse chapter 6, verse 3. He starts out by saying, hear. That word in the Hebrew is shema. This, this verse is referred to as shema. It's, it's really the first verse that the, the Jewish parents taught their children. Hear therefore, O Israel. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe and do it, that it may be well with thee, and that thou that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Starts out with saying, hear, hear, listen. Very important, listen. Be attentive. Be intelligent. Be, uh, uh, listen carefully. Lend your ear. Or to put it where we can understand it, wake up. Listen. Observe and do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. So what Moses is about to say, every man in America needs to hear. He's speaking directly to Israel here, but he could very well be saying, Hear, O America, hear men of America, hear all fathers. Listen, be careful, wake up, you need to hear. Because, you see, God has given men the responsibility to be the head of their household. And it's our responsibility to provide for our family, our wife and our children physically, but also spiritually. God's given the men that responsibility. And I really believe that if dads, if men would be the husbands and the fathers in the way that the Bible teaches, America would be in better shape today than it is. So in order to raise godly children, first of all, we have to love God ourselves. Look at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, 
the Lord our God is one Lord. So the question is, why, why does God start with the statement about the Lord our God is one Lord in regards to rearing our children? Jason kindly touched on this just a few minutes ago himself. Let me ask you this question. How many things do you remember your father said as opposed to the things that your father did? Jason said he looked for an opportunity and he looked for the day he could teach his son how to fish. Not to tell him how to fish, but to show him how to fish and to show him how to play baseball. Did your father tell you how to fish, or did he show you how to fish, man? Did he show you how to hold a baseball bat, or did he tell you how to hold a baseball bat? A little of both, perhaps, but the showing was there. Did he tell you how to field a ball, baseball, or did he show you how to get down and get in front of it and keep your eye on it? Did he show you how to do that, or did he just tell you how to do that? The point is, you can tell your child all day about God and about the Bible and about church, but they've got to see it lived out in your life before they'll ever understand the importance of it. The point is, to raise children, godly children, we must first be sowed out to God ourselves. The reason for verse 4, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now the question is this. Do I really love the Lord with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my strength? Is God your first priority in your life? You see, to raise godly children, love God ourselves and demonstrate that in front of our children is the number one priority to have godly children. I jotted this down too. Secondly, in order to have godly children, we have to teach God's word to our children. Look, if you will, at verse 7. And thou shalt teach them. Some translations have impress. Have to impress them. Thou shalt teach them diligently. Speaking of God's word. Look at verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them, verse 7, diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon the gates. So men... When you have God's word in your heart, then you need to teach that word to your children. Notice God didn't say you need to take your children to church where they'll be taught about God's word. There's nothing wrong in going to church. We're supposed to go to church and we're supposed to study God's word in church. But it's not just it's not to start at church. It's to start in the home. God said talk about God's word at home. When's the last time you had a conversation with your child about God's Word at home? 
The point is the primary responsibility for spiritual training of children is in the home, not the church. It's in the home as parents. That's the primary place that a child comes to know God and about God in His Word. So having your children in church is good, but it doesn't replace your responsibility as the primary teacher of God's Word to your children. It's in the home. And if you're not studying the Word, teaching your children the Word, allowing them to ask questions about the Word, you're failing as a godly parent. It's in the home. Let me make it a little plainer. The point is, we don't send our youth 7th through 12th grade to church to get the youth director to try to do something in one hour that we failed to do in 13 years. It's at home. And when things don't turn out right, don't blame the church and the youth director and the preacher and what they did at the church. It's at the home. The church just simply reinforces what's being taught in the home. Notice God's Word says that, that we're to teach God's command to our children. Some translations use the word to impress God's Word to our children. Notice, teach them, talk to them. Let me ask you a question. How often do you sit down with your child or your children or even your grandchildren, some grandparents or or raising their grandchildren? How often do you just sit down with them and say something like this? Do you know the biblical reasons why we go to church? Do you know the biblical reason why we go to Sunday school? Son, I know you don't want to go this morning, but do you know the biblical reasons that we go to discipleship training on Sunday night? And on Wednesday night, do you know what the Bible says? And this is why mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, this is why we feel like it's so important for you to go. When's the last time you sat down and just had a discussion with your children in regards to that? Or, do you, listen, son, do you know the biblical reasons why we tithe and, and we give and they receive an offering? You know the biblical reasons. Do you know why we don't permit you as our daughter to, to wear clothes that are too, too revealing? Do, do you know why we, we say, no, that's not, you, you shouldn't wear that? Do you know the biblical reasons we say that? Do you, do you discuss the biblical reasons why you do or you don't do particular things with your children or allow them to do things? It's not because I said so. What's the biblical reason for it? So the question is, are, are you teaching or impressing the ways of God on our children, on your children? Sitting at home, before going to bed, before going to work in the morning, do we have... Scripture around the house. I'll go into homes and I sit around and I like to just look at what's in the house, on the walls, and I'll see signs. That's, I'll see little little uh, figurines and, and I'll see things like a little 
little magnet. They'll say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You don't see that as often as you used to see it. The scripture verses on the wall. It should be there. I mean, that's what he said. That we need to have it in the house and on the doorpost. The point is, we must impress God's commands on our children the way that God has told us to. So men and fathers, we need to wake up and just be what we need to be. We're God's priest in our home. A priest was a mediator between God and man. We serve as that mediator. We're the priest of our family. Our responsibility is to make sure that we bring our children and our family into contact with a holy God that they might know him personally. That's our responsibility as a father, as men. To raise godly children, love God ourselves. To raise godly children, impress or teach God's word upon our children. We're living in troubling times, but there is hope for America. And as men, we need to wake up and be the men and be the fathers that God has called us to be. And when we get our homes right with God, then we'll see our nation right with God. It's time to wake up. I want to close with this little video song. It spoke to my heart, and I hope it speaks to all the fathers and all the men that are here today. Watch the screens just for a minute. Where are the leaders? Where are the teachers? Where are the keepers of every Children, we've fallen asleep. In. 
have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had, Lord, just to open your word and see the challenge before us as men and as fathers. Help us to realize, Lord, that it starts in the home, and Lord, that we are to love you personally with all of our heart, soul, and strength. And Lord, we are to know your word but then we are to teach your word to our children, to our families. And Father, we know that if we have solid, godly families, that our nation will be solid. It'll be a godly nation. And so, Father, we pray now that today, as we examine our hearts as men, as fathers, Lord, that uh, the challenge has been put before us. You've awakened us today. You've shown us our responsibility. And I pray that men all over this sanctuary today, this worship center, would come and just pray for their families and just uh, commit themselves to be what you want them to be, what you want each one of us to be as men and as fathers. And we pray now that we'll commit ourselves to you to have that relationship we need to have and then to take your word and make sure, Lord, that those you've given to our care, understand uh, your word as we teach it, as we discuss it, as we, as we are in the house and as we go outside the house. And, and Lord, that one day we'll see our sons and daughters come to know you. And Lord, we'll leave a legacy, Lord, where they can continue to, to carry on and begin to share with their families. Work in this time today. And, we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.